0: G'day Trail Runners, welcome to the Trail Runners Experience with Ashley Drew and Daniel Ferugia. Put your headphones on, put your shoes on, and let's go running. Happy New Year Trail Runners and welcome to the Trail Runners Experience. I am your host Daniel Ferugia. And I'm joined once again by the one and only Ashley Drew. How's it going, Ashley?
1: It's good. It's good. Happy New Year.
0: Thank you, sir. I can't believe it's
1: it's a new decade.
0: I know. Where has... I can't believe it's 2020. Where's my flying car?
1: (laughs) (laughs) You know, that's it was one of the things that I was thinking about this morning as I was running was in this decade, we are meant to go back to the moon. And we're also meant to go to Mars as a species. Yeah. So that's it's going to be a pretty, pretty full-on decade if that comes about.
0: I know. The craziest thing is, when you're talking about that, is um, they never went to the moon in my lifetime. They haven't been back to the moon in, in probably your lifetime either. No. No, they yeah. have uh, they, I think, yeah, it was I think in they the, have,
1: actually. I think in the early 70s? No, no, mission like, was in 72, wasn't it?
0: Something like that. Yeah.
1: So yes, not in my lifetime either then.
0: So um, yeah, it's funny. Well there you go. That's um, Trail Runner's experience uh, heading where you're going to be doing a live broadcast from the moon sometimes in the ne- in the next 10 years. So well,
1: I I wonder wh- what will be the first running event on the moon.
0: Ah, oh, mate. I tell you, will you talk about that will be interesting and it's funny because on Mars it's um there is Mount Olympus, and you know, Mount Olympus is three times the size of Mount Everest. So, I someone when they go to to Mars, someone will want to run it. Oh, there'll be plenty oh, of yeah, places. Someone
1: will definitely want to climb it. There's no doubt about that.
0: Yeah, but yeah. Anyway, we're going we're going off on a tangent already. We
1: are going way off on a tangent already. Yeah. in twenty twenty.
0: I know. Yeah. So there you go. But it's exciting times, and um, so yes, and so we're um, we've all got running goals and how have you been how's your training been mate
1: uh training's been good i, I managed to uh click back over the 400k mark in december which was good to get back up to those sort of k's um hey. so yes it was i had a few days off um with treatment but treatment's well treatment's just slowly getting more difficult Um, each time I have treatment, it becomes a, it's, well, this could just be in my head, but it seems to be a little bit harder to recover from each time. Um, so I had to have a few more days off, but I also had a bit of, um, radiation that week as well, and radiation really knocks me about. So, um, yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, that's terrible. I hope, like when you say it takes longer to recover, what does that involve?
1: Um, sitting on my ass basically yeah and just uh, and it just it, just, like it just means that I, I can't like if I go out and run I'll end up with a mechanical injury because oh, of okay. because of the way the the needle is inserted um
0: do you feel and, sick does it make you feel sick
1: no no it doesn't make you feel sick it's very painful yeah um apparently that's that is the number one complaint side effect wise is, yeah. um, is the physical pain caused by the treatment. Um, so it, it is definitely an uncomfortable experience, but it, it doesn't make you nauseous or anything like that. I've put tumors to do that. Um, yeah. it, uh, it, it just, it, it, you just have to back, you just have to back off. So yeah. a suggestion was to start swimming in those days instead. Um, yeah, which, which I'll, you know, have a look at. So.
0: Keep moving. Yeah, it
1: was, it was interesting. It was an interesting month that we've had off. Uh, Yeah. I had a, I had a friend, uh, who used to coach me many years ago, call me up out of the blue and say that he's just been diagnosed with cancer and can we catch up? Um, gosh. I was kind of, I was a bit shocked by that one. Uh, Um, but I've had a few other people reach out and had good conversations with them. Um, people from around the world who, you know, are being, Trying to run and and have cancer, um, and they're yeah. doing fantastic jobs. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been good.
0: Yeah, How about but, yourself? except for the yeah, mate having cancer, that's terrible. Um,
1: yeah, that one was just
0: paddling. yeah
1: yeah weird.
0: I um no, I'm I'm good. I really I have could not be happier right now. I um training's been going really well, and I feel. Um, really good. I feel really fit and I feel fast and I feel strong and so um, so everything is working. You know, hold, I'm still, I've am been holding myself back a little and um, but just keeping things really consistent. Not as high a mileage as I had initially planned but I feel like it was the right mileage for me uh, that I've done um, and so going into this race so I'm almost in my taper period for the ultra easy which is coming up. Um, we leave we leave to go to New Zealand on the 10th of January and um, the race is on the 18th of January. And so I'm almost sort of going to start tapering probably in about a week. Um, but I just, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be fun. I There's a lot of unknown factors going to a, a, a new country. I, I've never done a race in, a, in another country before. So I, um, you know, like it's going to be really interesting and just... Yeah, I'm excited and I do feel strong. Like running up, I just went for a little run earlier today. Not, you know, it was only about 7Ks or 8Ks, but I ran up my local hill here, Black Hill. And um, one of the tracks that I usually, you know, this is the hill, the section that I was going on rises about oh, nearly two kilometers and it rises a couple of hundred meters in that time. So it's pretty steep. And, and, um, Today I was able to run all the way to the top without without walking, so um, I felt really good. Just feel, yeah, I'm really happy with where my aerobic my aerobic strength is, and um, yeah, leg strength is good too. So see how it goes, mate. It could all fall apart, but either way, I'm enjoying the training.
1: Excellent. Well, yeah. I have uh, I've New Zealand's not much different to Australia, obviously, as far as food etc. goes. So it's pretty nice from that point of view. Yeah. And. Um, I have competed in New Zealand in a race, but I got hit by a car, so that fixed that. Whoa! Um, that's that's a whole different story for a, probably what? a whole podcast at another point. Yeah. Um, so, yes. It's something, it's something to put on the to-do later list of uh, podcasts to talk about now that you've just mentioned that. Yeah, um, I love to hear
0: – I want to hear the, the, the story. The story, yeah.
1: yeah. It's too too long for this one. But, okay. Uh, speaking of, of thinking – you. Of, of running well. So on yes. um, Sunday, I, I ran just really cruisily over to meet up with a, a group here that mm-hmm. has some exceptional runners in it. Um, one of them having run 500 kilometers over five days uh, at Narang in September in a race there. Anyway, so I'm running with Paul and I'm keeping up with Paul and we we're, we're running up a hill and
2: yeah.
1: and we we're, we're dropping the rest of the group and I'm like oh I'm geez I'm feeling all right today this is good how on yeah. earth am I keeping up with Paul like Paul's fast and he's yeah, right. currently Paul so Paul's changed from running 500k to concentrating on 400 meters at the moment that's his oh. his, his next race is 400 meters. um
0: so getting so, real speed yeah
1: so he's getting some real speed but anyway we're running up this hill and, and I look at my watch and it's go, oh, sub five-minute Ks, we're cruising. And and then Paul, you know, he's chatting and he goes, oh, yeah, I've, I've hurt my leg. I can't run at the moment.
3: Yeah. <laughs> and I was
1: just like, that explains why I'm keeping oh, up with you at the moment, Paul.
0: Right. <laughs> hey, but you'll take it. You'll take it. You that's know?
1: That's exactly right. Actually, that's
0: exactly. it's hilarious. Yeah, it, it's funny. I, I think that's like a certain sort of relativity, isn't it?
1: <laughs> it's exactly you know? right.
0: Yeah, I had a similar experience, um, except the other way. So even though I said I'm running, I'm running well. There's a, I became friends with a guy on Strava who, who I won't mention his name, but he's a very um, good younger local runner. He's about his, you know, he's only thirty. And I see, you know, it's someone who started following me on Strava, started commenting on some of my runs. And then um, I used to watch him. He's he's, he's only, like he was younger than me. I didn't know how old he was. Turns out he's thirty, so he's ten years younger than me. Doing like crazy mileage. This guy's doing like over two hundred kilometers a week. But he's a, ro- a road runner for the most part. But and just super and like some of his like good training. Like he would do like some hard workouts, but lots of easy workouts as well. But just a copious training and we ended up going for a run together and um so here I am thinking I'm feeling pretty fit and then we met up for an easy run and it was it's been pretty hot here and I'm running along we went for about 10 kilometers at an um quote-unquote easy pace and I was like the unfit old man I I was (laughs) I was just like every time I went past the drinking fountain I'm just like out of breath, just just hang on a second. I just just, just hang on a second there, young fella. I just gotta get myself a drink. And uh every opportunity I had I could find to grab a drink or to have a little rest, I just was so I felt so unfit. But it turns out this is a guy, he's a a sub thirty four minute ten K runner. And he, you know, like so his easy pace is probably my threshold pace you know like (laughs) so but it was it was cool and he was happy to slow right down and so it was it's really good to make new friends you know that way and um and so it will give me someone to to aspire to maybe when i grow up i'll be a a fit young 30 year old hang on that doesn't make any sense does it (laughs) (laughs) no he was a beast of an athlete so i was um No, it was good but i um I, I I don't know. We we there's always going to be someone faster than us, you know. So, absolutely. Yeah. And so, um. But speaking of people who are faster than us, probably faster than both of us, um, is today's guest, and we pretty soon will jump into that. And our guest is someone who has been on the podcast before, and she is returning to the podcast to talk about um a few different ventures and. The the guest's name is Isabel Ross. So, um, do you know about Isabel Ross at all? Have you so heard? to be quite
1: honest, I, I looked up Isabel Ross this morning, and then I started watching a thing on people and their different ultra endurance um, things. So for, uh, running, cycling, um, yeah, diving, etc. So I kind of got sidetracked, but uh, yes, yeah. I know that- Isabel has done Barkley and I am hoping to meet Laz who runs that race later yeah. this year. Um, as Laz is coming to Australia for the last one standing. Yes. Race here. So, uh, well, yes, you can, I, I, you can... I've had a quick, I've, I've had a look at her website yeah. and she, she writes some really cool blog stuff actually. Um, yes. I wish I had that skill many times, but I, I don't. I don't have the skill of rate writing, that's for sure. Uh, Must rather just talk or uh, take a photo?
0: <laughs> yeah, no, it's a, a picture tells a thousand words mate, and you do take some good photos. Um, Isabel actually appeared on episode forty of this podcast and which is the episode you appeared on ep- your first appearance. Was episode thirty nine, so she came on after the week after you, but she yeah she has since yeah as you mentioned she's got a website she's got a coaching business called Peak Endurance Coaching, and she also has her own podcast. So we're in a world of everyone's got a podcast now, including yourself, young man. Um, I have yeah, so I, yeah. I
1: started my podcast which Run Walk Crawl, yeah, um, and that was to to interview people other than just runners, uh, yeah, also to. to we kind of, uh, on this particular podcast seem to go into, uh, almost a this is your life type interview. Yeah. And, uh, which I think is excellent. I, I think that's a wonderful format and you learn a lot about a person doing that format. But I wanted to get, uh, more of the stories, you know, like after you've, after you've been on a run, someone will tell you about this great story. I remember when. And that's the the kind of thing that I wanted. And I also wanted to have a chat with people, um, yeah, you know, people in other fields other than just running. You know, they're in their field of passion or they're they're tackling something big. Um, but I, yeah. I haven't, uh, with the four interviews that I've done so far, they've all been runners. So that's uh,
0: all right. Yeah, good. That's where that's at um interest oh, oh look i i look forward to getting into a few of those episodes and um and supporting so everyone needs to when they finish finished listening to the trail runners experience today they need to go on over and uh follow ash's podcast run walk crawl and look if you think oh i've got too many podcasts on the go it's okay just run for longer and listen to more podcasts <laughs> it's, it's simple
1: that's you exactly know? right
0: man. yeah so um we're just we're doing you all a favor here but um so yeah so i guess with that we'll jump into our episode now as i said in the previous um when i interviewed isabel last time we talked a lot we've talked about her previous encounter um with the barclay and so we'll probably do a bit of exploring into her most recent race and her upcoming attempt at barclay so her most recent race being the great southern endurance run which is a pretty epic race, which Isabel, spoiler alert, Isabel won. And um, so we'll, um, yeah, we'll go down that path now. All right.
3: Okay. Welcome, Isabel. Hi. How's it going?
0: Very well. Um, thanks for joining us on the podcast yet again. <laughs> yeah, good to speak to you again. Yeah, yeah, and um, and obviously we've got Ashley here, uh, um, and so I'm just thought I would jump in. The reason why I got you back on the podcast is there's been a lot of things happen s- since I had you on, which was yep. on ep- episode 39. So last time I spoke to you, um, was your tr- in tr- heavy training for the Great Southern Endurance Run, and that's right, yeah. And um, you had sort of just launched your coaching business and mm-hmm. you, ga- you gave us a good uh, debrief of your um, uh, of, of sort of your racing career up. And so, but now there's, um, if you think, can you tell us what some updates since the last time I spoke to you?
3: Um, well, obviously I did GSER and um it was super tough, just as I expected. Um, due to some, you know, there were, there was snow in the air and that sort of stuff. They changed the course to an out and back rather than a point to point, which at first yeah. I was a little bit, you know, hesitant about thinking oh, it won't be as tough, but, um, believe you me, it was very tough. Um, yeah. yeah. So I did that and, um, I won the female section, division, whatever it's called. Yeah. And it was, awesome. it was good. Yes, it was a tough well done. day out there. Oh, well, tough well two well days. Thanks, thanks. Tough yeah. two
0: days. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So just just so if 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 this, anyone doesn't know, Great Southern Endurance Run considered one of the hardest ultras in Australia, if not the hardest ultra in Australia. Can you give us the um the statistics of what I mean? Even the even with the changed course, it was still really hard. Yeah. I was, if, so what was it? It was about uh,
3: 175 kilometers. And um, around 11,000 meters climbing. Now, the reason I don't know exact is because my watch died and everyone, of course, had slightly different data. So yeah. I'm sort of averaging it. Um So it was a lot of climbing and a lot of it is quite rugged and backcountry. Like the part through the Viking section is um wilderness area. So it's really rugged and there's lots of scrambling on rocks and bashing your way through undergrowth and all that sort of stuff. So it's not just um completing the course, it's completing a very tough, often unrunnable course.
0: Yeah, wow. Um and so you so I watched the um the the little dot, the live tracker.
3: <laughs> and Move I very thought, slowly, yes. Oh look sorry it is,
0: it's so hard to, it's it's truly really hard to see at, try and when you watch it through the whole time, you can sort of see these little stories unfolding with um, yeah. the dot but um I saw you at one point fairly early in the race you were second place, and I knew you when you because you, I think you were in second place and um I knew that you were going to win, and that was before you even at halfway and so well, I, I, I,
3: all I know is at the start of the race. Like, because I'm notoriously a slow starter. I was like third from last out of the entire out of everybody. Yeah, because wow. I could look behind me and see the, the last two people behind me. Um, but that's the way I start, and I always just slowly pick everyone off. But I have to admit to of having had um problems right from the start, like calf problems, which have plagued me still. No, so oh. um, and it's been five or six weeks since the race, and I'm still not. Running, but yeah, I was having trouble with my calves right from the start, which made my start slower. But yeah, I tend not to take the lead from the start. I don't do that generally. Yeah, so
1: I've, I've got to ask about the injury. Hang on. Um, yeah. The calves. What is wrong?
3: Well, I've got a, um, or I've had a compressed um, perineal nerve in the left calf, and just in the race, my left leg kept sort of collapsing and just feeling really weird because nerve, a compressed nerve is a very weird feeling and it would feel weird and it would just collapse on me and which made then my right leg do all the work which was making my hip flex from my right leg really sore and fatigued and it, I just felt kind of like I was dragging my legs behind me and I I couldn't do a lot of running so it was really good it wasn't a very runnable course because I really couldn't properly run um, and so since the race I had um, tingling and numbness in my left leg up to my knee for like the first three or four weeks after the race, which made even walking hard. And then um, they've managed to loosen off the muscle, off the nerve. and But, of course, my muscle has, since it hasn't been firing because the nerve hasn't been working, um, I've lost lots of strength. So it's just getting all that strength back now. Strength
1: back, yeah. So yeah. did you injure your foot? Like is that how you got the perineal nerve?
3: No, because the perineal, it's, it's more sort of halfway up the calf. It was um it's a tight muscle. Yes, it controls the foot. So which was why my legs sort of would keep collapsing, because I just didn't sort of have control over my foot. And um because I couldn't do any kind of push off on my toe. It was basically a flat foot as well. Yeah. Oh Um, yeah, you would. Yeah. So um it just made everything so much harder. But um but yeah, Yeah. you know, I'm getting there. And we don't actually know what caused it as such.
1: Right, okay.
0: And so what's the, what's the recovery time going to be on this? So Well,
3: you know, you know, they loosened the calf off about a week and a half ago, and I was thinking, all right, straight back into it, you know, within a week or so. But he yeah. was, when I saw the physio yesterday, he said it could take six to eight weeks to get the strength fully back in my calf.
0: Yeah, that must be very frustrating. Um,
3: yeah, it yeah. is. But, you know, I'm trying to be philosophical, and I'm thinking that perhaps – it's really good for me to have a bit of a break from running and I'm doing lots of cycling and building up my strength that way that maybe this is just yeah. what my body needed to refresh.
0: That's a really mature way of looking at it. And, um,
3: <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying. So, bit,
1: a bit of time off over summer sounds like a move, a
0: good yeah. one.
3: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, so and you're,
1: you're spending a bit of time on a disc? What's that? Um, it's a balancing device for strengthening your
3: feet. Oh, uh, yes. Um, I've just started on the balancing this week because um, I, I can't balance on that left leg. Like, I just, I can, my right leg, fine. My left leg, I just fall over as soon as I try to balance. Yeah. So, we've started on that. I've been doing other strengthening work, but this week we're starting on the balancing. Excellent.
1: Sorry, uh, I've just, just, in my previous work, did a lot of work with that sort of stuff.
3: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Hence, hence the questions.
0: Good question. And yeah, no, you uh, can ask more. Good question. More yeah. <laughs> I um I just wanted to uh, ask. You, you said it's a you're a pretty unrunnable course, the Great Southern Endurance. Yep. So you're obviously a good hiker. And, yes. And so what does so how do and this is something I talk about a lot with with people I like coach is how do you become a good hiker and what what sort of did you because it's not just oh I'm a fast runner therefore I'm a good hiker because it's different no, the biomechanics is no. different you know like. So what did you do? Did you do lots of hiking? Well,
3: firstly, I grew up bushwalking, so I'm used to that sort of thing. Secondly, um, what I do is I do use my poles and hiking. I, like my second workout of a day, if I do a second workout, might be hiking up in the hills. Or if I couldn't be bothered going to the hills, I even just walk fast around the streets, which – Looks probably really, you know, silly, but I just walk really, really fast. and I'm still looking at my pace, trying to get my pace down. It's just learning to walk with purpose so that you're not just strolling along like a Sunday afternoon, but it's, it's yeah. you, you have to practice hiking. You have to practice it uphill, but you also have to practice it on the flats, which is good that I did because I couldn't even run the flats. So I just hiked super fast the, the flats, which was almost at running speed. I was able to hike that fast. Wow.
0: That's really cool. I um, yeah. I've gotten better at hiking. I I would still say I um I I'm, a, I'm not a great hiker in terms of when it especially coming to a steep hill because obviously yeah. you get to a, you get to a point on a very steep hill and it becomes more efficient to to hike, you know. Of they course. say they say it's about 20% gradient um, where running is just a waste of energy. Um and yeah. so but it's yeah that's that's really good. what sort of pace? Did
3: I generally you... hike most hills I don't really think yeah. about the gradient, I just think about yeah. efficiency and I could run it, but I know that my heart rate will get that much higher, which yeah. means that will burn me out that much quicker yeah, so and do you use poles when you're hiking?
0: um I do sometimes yeah i've got I've got mm. poles and i i um I know i the first time I used poles was when I did the the Buffalo Stampede going oh you the, need the, 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 yeah. the Ultra for that one yeah and they're yeah. All really valuable in that and, and yeah um they just the weight distribution is so good you know like um, yeah you feel but I don't know like I'm doing a race in New Zealand in a few weeks and I'm sort of I'm sort of leaning towards not bringing the poles even though it's quite a oh. city, it's a mountain race it's
3: what, what's what's the distance and elevation so
0: it's it's a hundred. It's a hundred k race, or just over a hundred kilometers, yep. and it's about four and a half thousand meters of climbing. Um, mm, so, okay, yeah. But there is, there is at least thirty kilometers of just yep. flat road, um, and so yep. the the first half. But you can and, always pack
3: your poles away for that section. Yeah,
0: there's no. And here's the thing, though. There's no super. I mean, there are some steep bits. But they're mostly long climbs as opposed to really steep climbs.
3: Ah, uh, so okay, I, yeah.
0: I, like whereas something like the around um around Bright where you were and where the Buffalo um Stampede was, um, it's you got know, some of the gradients are over forty percent. You know, yeah, that's you know, right. Getting, and so whereas this one, there's a lot of gradients that are just between twenty and thirty, which is still very steep. But I I don't know, yeah.
3: Yeah, you might. But, you're almost better off just doing your hiking, just hiking. If you're going to hike, just but but you're walking fast because you, you can, you can walk pretty fast. You know, even with yeah. poles. Yeah, I you do know, think I... about not, sorry. not, redlining it. I'm um, sorry, Ash.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, with poles, um, like I, I got to the stage when the whole packing away and and pulling poles back out thing. Yeah. I, have stopped packing poles away. I just carry them now. Like that, and that's how I train too. I train yeah, with them and in to my be hands honest, just like there are, yep. yeah, and I'll hold them at the halfway, you know, yeah, so they're yeah, balanced. Yeah. And I just yeah. run holding the they're poles ways. and, and I've do got you lighter hold them and
3: lighter in poles. One, do you hold them in one hand or, um, a pole in each hand?
1: I will hold them in one hand when I'm getting a drink or food, but I will hold yep. them in both hands when I'm normally yeah. running, so I I'm balanced.
3: Yes, that's right, because I was going to say that's what's important too. But, yeah, I don't pack mine away, to be honest, um, unless I – you know, actually I don't. I generally carry them the whole time too because I find it a pain. But if you had 30 kilometres of flat, then I probably would for that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's tricky because I do know they do provide a, a noticeable advantage. And I remember when I did Buffalo a few years ago – and, you know, even with all that climbing and those steep climbs, yeah. my quads weren't sore at all the next day. I mean, I yeah. was tired, but my, my, up, my upper body was sore because and that, that told me yeah. that I was using the poles a fair bit. And, um, yeah. so I think, and like, you sort of think about the distribution of, and, and like what, what part of your body, you're using the whole body and there's a certain yeah and because I always people is that, that's something that comes up a lot too is talking about how to use poles effectively, and obviously that's something that you do a lot of isn't it now because you're 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 even at a point where you're coaching people how to use poles
3: yeah well i um I give clinics on how to use poles effectively because it it's not uh intuitive necessarily um unless no. like you've spent you use skiing or something like that um because it takes a little bit of thought on how to uh synchronize it, and also the, the weight distribution and really – because there's no point in having poles and just tapping them. You really need to use them and use them, with once again, with purpose, like you're walking, because it's, it is a way of distributing your energy load and weight load throughout the body rather than just putting it all through the legs.
0: Um, yeah, that's interesting. So um, do you change uh, – just without giving away too many of your trade secrets – <laughs> you, <laughs> Isn't um, that what we we're what meant is, to do? <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> uh, so what are some, like, I know a few, I use a, a few different techniques of the poles going uphill, yeah. um, depending on the gradient. Um, yeah. I know that there's... The, so you can, I, use, looking... um,
3: you can use the poles alternating or you can double pole when it gets really steep. Yeah. And also I just sometimes find, even if it's really steep, putting my hands on top of the pole, not just on gripping it like normal and, and um, definitely using uh, the handles on it or if you're using the lakey poles, the gloves, to use them to pull so you're not gripping the handle so tightly. Yeah. There's, di- there's different ways of manoeuvring your hands around which changes the the lever and, and the action, you know, and, and the way that you're using it. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know one of the things it's
1: that, that I like? It's one of those things
3: that, that yeah. Like, go. No, no, go. And
1: then I'll say so no, What going... I was going to say, I find a lot of people use, they put their hands through the poles incorrectly, so yeah. through the straps, can... those who aren't using the Lecky gloves, yeah. so yeah. those who are using, uh, like, the Black Diamonds, you've got to put your hand up from the bottom and then exactly. come yeah. down yeah. to hold yes. on, and then that allows yeah. you to use the strap correctly. Um, yes, and it also it means that if you fall, yeah. you won't you won't break your thumb. Yeah.
2: Yes,
3: which I always have found with those loop handles is is a... a you know, something I was concerned about is that you know they can catch on your hand. So yeah, your way is, is much better to eliminate that.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point, Ash. That's something I um, I once I learned that I found with my I use the the master's pole and they've got the loop. Oh yeah, I've and, got them you know, too. Yep. Yeah, and they um, they're really they're quite good. Like they're very light, I think. Um, but they do and like. You, the way I found with the holding on is I'm I'm barely holding on to the poles most of the time. Yep. The the loop is doing most of the work, and I, from what I gather, that's good. You know, because if you're yeah, holding, if you're gripping yep. them too hard, you're going to end up with massive blisters as well. Like after if you're doing it for hours and hours and hours, so. Um,
3: well, it's just like clutching any part of your body. It's going to be you know using energy, and it's wasted energy.
0: Yeah. Exactly. Um, no, it's interesting. So, moving forward, the, the, pol- mm-hmm. the, the, pol- using poles, so interesting. And I know lots of people are keen to know more about that. And so they definitely should go, um, check out your peak endurance coaching thing. And, um, you know, you're, the yep, you yep, are Yeah. Because we, market.
3: I hold regular clinics on that. So, yep, yep. Keep an eye out. Excellent. Um, the
0: other thing is, so moving forward into, once you recover from this injury, so yep. going, you uh, you've signed up for another little, another fun run of sorts. Yeah, <laughs> just
3: well, hopefully a fun run, if not more. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, it's just a little a bit of an adventure in the woods. Yes.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us about that race? So you'd, yeah.
3: You'd... So I'm off to Berkeley again, um, and you know, at first I was a bit freaking out about the whole injury thing, but ultimately this um time where I'm not spending so much time running. Although cycling is quite time consuming too, uh, is I'm I'm working a lot on my navigation because obviously that was my greatest weakness last time this year still, but last time and yeah. uh, so I'm really working on the nav. I've got some uh, a guy called Greg who is helping me and teaching me all the finer points and how to you know not just read a map, but to actually see the map in the landscape and that sort of thing. It's it's learning to read the land, which yeah. thus helps with your navigation because navigation is not just looking at a compass and pointing it in the right direction. It's it's so much more than that.
2: Yeah.
1: I totally agree with you. It's been really interesting. I grew up doing a lot of navigation work. Oh, okay. Uh, um, through scouts and venturers yeah. and... Uh, stuff like that. I remember it particularly being uh one time away with a group and we had a a so-called leader to take us on this trip and uh, yeah. they had got us completely lost. And I said, this is where we are on the map. And they go, oh, I don't think we are. And I go, yes, we are. We're <laughs> that far off course. Um, We're right here. If we walk through that bush there for a couple of hundred metres, we're going to end up on top of a cliff. And oh, wow. we did. And then yep. uh, after that, it was... We'll just check with Ashley each time before we uh, <laughs> make a decision as to where we're going. But um, yeah, learning to—it's one of the things that I've noticed with the ultra running community. They can all run, but very few yeah. people know where they are in the bush without their, well, without their watch or without their phone on. Um, yeah, you know, and understand. And look, to be honest,
3: I'm—I'm I'm guilty of that too. Normally, when I do a race, I'm just looking for those confidence ribbons the whole time, you know.
1: Yeah. Yes, it's and just I think one of it, it can lead us
3: astray because if you know if there's the ribbons have been taken down by someone else or something, then yeah, you're left in a position where you don't know where you are.
1: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, and that and that happened this year too. I was uh, I went out early in the morning just for a run, um, and I ran part of a course that I knew was going to be raced later that day, and oh, yeah. literally the public had gone through and taken down. 10 kilometres worth of ribbons. Ah, oh, seriously? Yeah. Oh,
3: that's terrible. I don't understand. So, that. And
1: they had to be put back no. up really quickly.
3: Lucky you went mm-hmm. out. Yeah,
1: I, I just I messaged the organiser and said, yeah, you don't have any ribbons from this point to this point. And they've gone, yeah, we do, but they're every <laughs> 200 metres. And it's like, not anymore. <laughs>
0: oh, wow. Now, that's something that happens here in, um, in Adelaide as well quite often, whether people doing it as a joke or doing it to be uh, malicious I'd like to think of doing it as a joke and, and not really aware of the consequences, because I think anyone yeah. that does that kind of thing, for, um, because they're angry or whatever, they've got some serious problems. Yeah, you know? exactly. Yes. Yeah, but uh, yeah. yeah. So um, tell us a bit more about your um, yeah, so about Barclay Barclay Marathons.
3: Well, so um. As, as I've said, I'm, I'm working on the navigation and yeah. obviously I want to get fit and strong and I'm, I'm finding the mountain biking doing, you know, hills and I get on the trainer and push a heavy uh, gearing which will help get my legs stronger because Barkley has some really steep climbs and not just steep climbs but steep downhills too. And talking about poles, like poles for my mind are really necessary at – um Barclay, because it's not just the steep climbs and ascents and descents, whatever. It's also as you get fatigued, uh, you really need the poles to, to help you navigate through the bush. And a lot mm-hmm. of Barclay is off trail, so that, hence the navigation. So, yeah, so that's, um, early in the year and, um, I've just got to get wow. all, all that all that sorted again. Luckily, I now have all the gear, so I don't have to worry about buying all my stuff. I've got all my gear, got all that organised, got crew organised. So yeah, well, great. It should, be, it should be interesting, and hopefully, fingers crossed, I will come back to Australia with a much better result than, than the first one time. And you want you're hoping for at least a fun run, aren't you? Which is three laps. Yes, I mean that's you have to aim. For, yeah. you know, your best possible. No, so yeah. no woman has done a fun run for like 11 or 12 years or something and, and, and the course was easier back then. And of course it was still very hard, but as you know, or I don't know if you do know, but yeah. every year Laz makes it the course it, yeah. harder. Yeah, he makes yeah. it harder so, in theory. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, believe you me, it wasn't just in theory. Like he added an extra book. So <laughs> that has got to add extra time. Yep. Yeah. So do you know, do you think, um,
0: will you be more, uh, self-sufficient this time do you think or do you think it's still valuable to to latch on to another athlete you know Uh,
3: i think it's still valuable to be with someone because um you know company is is good especially during the night when you start to second guess yourself or get confused You've, you've got someone else there simple things like when um when i was out that night my my head torch went flat just having someone else with a head torch so i could find my fresh battery and that sort of thing you know yeah is makes life so much easier, and just having someone there to go, it's okay. Look, look, we'll find, you know, just that psychological support, even regardless of the navigating and that sort of stuff. It's still good to have someone with you. Yeah. Um, do you know? And it'll be dark
1: a, out there too. Like there'd, oh, so there's dark. no lights.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a different. Like I think, I know a lot of people talk about Barclays. though it would be their bucket list race, and now here you are um towing the line for the second time yeah. and uh um, I know
3: I can't believe it
0: <laughs> it's it's awesome you know and look I think yeah, yeah. you'll definitely run probably go better than the last time but it's obviously navigation you you learnt learned so much the first time do you think you're aside from this little injury that you've got and I'm de- I'm deliberately yep. minimizing it because we don't want to think it <laughs> too much um no
3: that's you, right do you, do you think you're a stronger athlete than you were last year Oh, uh, yeah definitely like mentally so much stronger um i had a really tough time um before that race for a number of reasons and um but i think you know i know it sounds cliched, but every time you go something really go through something really tough it makes you stronger as a person so and whether it's from your personal life or your running it, it can make all aspects of your life better or easier to manage um so I think I learnt a lot then. I um I was also super intimidated by the whole concept of being at Berkeley. So yeah. I think this year I'm, I mean I'm still I'm still really respectful of it but I've kind of been there. I kind of know what it's all about as in what to do when you arrive and that sort of thing. So that yeah. at least I don't have that fear inside me completely of the unknown.
0: Yeah. Did you ever um I know a lot of people do, and I know I did on my first sort of – or my first 100K, and everyone goes through that whole imposter syndrome. I imagine you probably had that last
3: year, you know. Oh, completely, because I I felt like, you know, did he he make a mistake letting me in kind of thing? You know, like I just felt like I totally didn't belong there.
1: Yeah. But doesn't he – he picks a sacrificial lamb anyway, doesn't he?
3: (laughs) (laughs) And I was so worried I was going to be that person, but I wasn't.
2: (laughs) (laughs)
0: That's good. And I doubt you're going to be that person this year. Um, definitely well, definitely yeah. not. Not once know. you've done it
1: once. Yeah. There's no way are you can you be are, that person.
0: Do you know, have you got Well, any the
3: idea? person who was a sacrificial lamb last year or, or last race was someone who had dnf before, so you never know. Oh, never really? Know. Yeah. Well, there you
0: go. Um, yeah. So, that's, that's amazing. Do you know, um, do you, are, you, are you given in advance, are you given the race, the list? Of the other athletes, do you know who's going to be there?
3: Yeah, I mean, I I know who's sworn. in it, but I'm I'm not going to say. I can't say.
0: You're not allowed to. That part. Of, I know no. there's a lot, of, a lot of
3: rules. Yeah, um, yeah. it's up to it's, if they want to tell people they can, but it's I can't say who's in and not in. Yeah, it's like a secret society. This
0: thing. You know, that's <laughs> probably the most compelling thing about the whole race to me is just like. The, all the enigma around it and around just just finding out how to sign up for it. Um, I, I'm not going to even try and ask you any questions about how to do it because I know that because nah. I know oh, that I don't really, I don't want to do it. I know you. She's like a vault. She's a steel vault. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can have a shot, Ashley, if you want.
1: <laughs> uh, no, no. Yeah. I um I actually I got asked the other day if I was going to race um overseas. And I, yeah. and I, I came back with the response of, if you're willing to pay my insurance bill, I'll race <laughs> overseas. But, um, I am not willing to pay that. Yeah, so, yeah.
3: Oh, okay. So not even Europe?
1: No. Well, the problem is I've got stage four cancer. If, yes. if I then, if, if I then go to race with stage four cancer, would they, uh, they even
2: insure you? you?
1: You're ins- No, and this is just it. They probably won't. So if I end up getting ill during a race, like I can't, everything will be completely out of pocket expense wise.
0: Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just not. Um... Well,
0: going If look, if it was back. me
1: personally, I didn't have a family, I didn't have kids. M- yeah. Maybe I'd put myself in that scenario, but there's no way that I'm gonna do that to
3: no
2: of
1: course family. Not. Yeah. So, yes. yes, I would love to race overseas and I would be the first person probably to apply for Barclay if I could, but, um, yeah. Because I was
3: going to say, with your navigation experience, it would be something that you would probably quite enjoy.
1: Oh, look, it would definitely be fun. And it's, it's, it's one of the things that I genuinely enjoy doing is going completely off track um, yeah. when I venture out and finding new, new routes, and that's ended up with me getting myself in trouble at times, where I've gone (laughs) out, oh, that'll be a two-hour run, and it's been an eight-hour run, because, you know, there's just not enough detail sometimes in maps, which is what I was going to ask, is how are you picking a line? Can you describe Um, how you're picking a line? Well, there is
3: actually a course. There is a course. So Yes, but how close to that course do you have to stick? as close as humanly possible you're not allowed to go off course really it's right, not like okay. a fell race because like in a fell race um you can pick your own you just have to get to the checkpoint it doesn't matter which way you go there but right. in this this is not a fell race you you have to stick to the the line of the course as much as, as is humanly possible within your own navigational experience
1: right okay so he will send you through. Um, yep. like a terrible section of bush because.
3: Yep. Yeah. If you were, if you were in a fell,
1: yeah. fell race is different because there's not much in the way of that sort of stuff. But
3: that's if you're doing right. that here
1: in Australia and there was a Lantana patch, you'd go around it. You wouldn't go through it.
3: Yeah.
1: Whereas he's, yeah, yeah no, it, I you mean, you go through it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. You mustn't go off course. Yeah. Yeah. That makes I mean, a lot although harder. how they, how they monitor that, I, I don't know, but it's it's kind of, you know, the honesty system of the whole thing.
1: Yep. Yeah.
3: Yeah. Are you allowed to track it on Strava?
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> <Obviously not.
3: laughs> oh, no. Obviously not. Oh, no. No kudos d- on Strava for me. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Was it, um, there was
0: a guy, is it John Kelly? Is he one of the guys that's done it yep. recently? Yeah. Um, didn't I think he... When well, he's, he's won it a couple yeah. of times. Yeah, there's him and that Jared guy that have won it. Jared's won it three times. He, um, yeah. It
3: obviously must get easier to complete, in a sense. Those you, guys, you would I, surely think so, yeah, yeah. because as you, it's, it's like any race. When you become more familiar with the terrain, it's yeah. easier.
0: And John Kelly lives in that area, apparently. So, well, he uh,
3: used to. He lives in uh, England now, but yeah. Uh, yeah he, yeah, he used to live around that way.
0: Is it nice? Is it nice around? Like
3: it looks like a a, a shitty hellhole, to be quite honest. To be <laughs> honest, you're not going there for the beauty of of, of nature up there, yeah. because also it's the end of winter. Everything's you know, there's no leaves on the trees. Everything's pretty grey and average. Yeah. But but I don't know about you, but even when I go to the most beautiful scenic races, when I'm racing, I don't see it. Yeah, it's a waste anyway.
0: I, it's... I know trail running's wasted on trail runners. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It, it really I, is. I definitely go out of my way to notice the surroundings, especially so it gives me something to focus on if I'm feeling terrible. Um, and so,
3: well, uh, I try to do that, but then I just end up falling over stuff. So, <laughs> yeah.
1: See that's for you, me, no, that's, no, that's no, what it. the training's about is is about going out and seeing exactly. all the
3: sights. And the yeah, racing yes. is about not racing,
1: not be, racing. not being able to see. Oh.
3: Yeah, I totally oh.
0: agree with you there, Ash. Yep. Oh, I'm I'm in the minority on that one. That's all right. <laughs> um, that's cool. Um, no, I'm interested. Oh, look, this race I'm doing in New Zealand, ultra easy. It, the, oh yeah. It's very exciting. So the scenery is really beautiful. You know, you've got the Lake Wanaka. And you're up, you're up at around two thousand meters, and you've got just clear views all over. You know, all over the yeah. Sea that area, so assuming that the weather's good, but, um, so yeah, no, but it's, we're funny, we're funny creatures, us trail runners, It's not, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of times I will be in a race, and the only bit of the scenery I notice is the, the the two metres in front of me, because I'm looking at the ground, (laughs) and, um, we do that, though, so yeah, um, yeah, it's
1: Um, funny, because I could probably draw each aid station that I stop at and actually... (laughs) Even now from the races I've done I could probably you know, that that are old races, I could probably tell you where each individual food item is on the table.
0: <laughs> that You're was, close that's to what I know. remember. Yeah. <laughs> it is funny. Yeah, no one noticed the the epic landscape or whatever.
3: Um I, I, no. I don't know about you, but I often find that I don't remember a lot of what of the race itself. Do you get that? Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah your mind your mind goes a bit foggy and you just don't have yeah. the um that's what I find after a race, like if I've pushed really hard in a yes. race is for the week afterwards you better not ask me to do any maths because <laughs> yeah. my brain's just not in yeah. a good place to do that sort of function
3: no um, exactly yeah
0: it's really interesting um talking because um, something I've been reading about a bit lately is um yeah, about building the mental strength in for ultra runners, because it's obviously you know they say. Running an ultra, it's 50% physical and 90% mental. <laughs>
3: well, I've heard uh, it's 90% mental and the rest is in your head.
0: Yeah. <laughs> that
3: sounds about right, actually. <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's so funny. There's a guy named um, Samuel Markura who's an a exercise psychologist and he's done all these amazing, um, what do you call it, like studies about – yeah. Imp- looking at the s- mental strength of, um, of ultra runners and, and, and neuroscience behind it all and how to improve, um, oh, mental okay. toughness. And one of the things they did a study and they did a thing called the Stroop test. You can Google it. Oh, it's yes. very, and the Stroop test basically, it's, to, but they, they gave it a version of it to athletes. They had a, a control group and a group of athletes, um, who were exercising at low intensity over a period of time. So uh they'll and they basically so the strip test is where you get a whole heap of let words flash up on the screen and it'll be in front of you. So if you're running on a treadmill, they're doing it. And so it's just a mentally taxing activity. So it'll have the word the word purple. Um mm-hmm. and, and I I I haven't done the test, but I know basically so they might say the word purple, but the word might be written in green. And so, oh, okay, you, yeah, yeah. So you have to try and identify the words that are the. You have to say the colour, of the word, and not the actual word, and, and or vice versa. And so, and yeah. the men, that just that mental that little mental task. They rec- and they saw an in, huge um performance increase in the people's – in those athletes that did the test. Their their ability to continue on to to fatigue. Increased by some stupid percentage. Now I don't. So they were
3: they were. So do fatiguing themselves mentally, they were able to get better physical performance. Yes. Is that what you're saying? Yes. I would have thought it would be the other way around. What? Why is that? Well, I mean the whole. point Because is I would have thought if you're physically fatigued, your mental, your if you're mentally fatigued, your physical would drop off. I would have thought. Absolutely, yeah, that's true. But the whole point
0: of it was to. To uh to stimulate that growth, you know what I mean? Like, and so so
3: almost train yourself to deal with that mental fatigue.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um. So it, and it looks really interesting, and I I I like I need to do more reading about it. But it's something I I want to look at for some of the athlete for myself and for some athletes that I train is think of ways to improve that mental toughness. You know, improve yeah. that um the, your ability to go to fatigue go. Push push beyond because like, they did a, they did another study where to test you uh, they, there's been a lot of studies where getting people to do a VO2 max test and then at the end of that give them a short break and go okay now go beyond that for thirty seconds yeah. you know and um, yeah, yeah. and depending on what the motivating factor is um, however like how it's motivated like they offer them like a large sum of money. Or you know a sum of money, oh, or, or okay. something like that. They can suddenly they they find the ability to go beyond it. Like <laughs> so, it's yeah. um it's really interesting. So the, like muscle fatigue, and and it, it goes into that whole um thing that what's his name the, the central governor in our brain
3: that yep. yeah, was talked yep. about by the no, um, yeah Noakes, isn't it? Yep. Noakes. Yeah, Noakes. Yeah.
0: So it's it's really some it's really fascinating stuff there, and I think. Like you say, it's so much of it's in your head. It could be something worth exploring, and I'm always open. And Markura um, has been doing this sort of stuff for a long time, so definitely check out Samuel Markura and the Stroop test. Yeah, Mm, that
3: sounds interesting. But also, part of mental fatigue is you know the brain runs purely on glucose, so it's keeping your um, it's keeping on eating while you're you're right there.
0: Fueling, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing. So Julia in Barclay, like, how much food do you need to carry? In, well, obviously like, you
3: have to be self sufficient because you don't have aid stations. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. So like last time I was out there for sixteen hours and fully self sufficient. There was one spot where you can get water, but that's it. And if it's like, because it's around the end of winter, if it's really cold, that water is just frozen ice blocks. Yeah. So um, I needed I need to be have enough food, but I don't plan on being out there for sixteen hours. Obviously, and once again, I don't. And, and but right. I tend not to eat heaps when I'm when I'm running. But if I'm hoping to be out there for a while, I, I need a decent amount of food. And I mean, with GSER I mean I was out for forty four hours.
2: Yeah. But
3: um, I wouldn't say that I ate stacks in that time, but it was enough. And I think you'd be surprised how little food you can have. It's the water. You must keep hydrating. To me, it's drinking that's the most important.
0: Yeah, right. Interesting. Yeah, well, obviously, you're not De- going to... Dehydration
1: run. definitely knocks you around way faster than... Way. Than yep. hypoglycemia, yeah.
2: well, you can't yep. digest, And either. And
3: also, I, I find it really hard to digest any kind of nutrition if I'm not adequately hydrated. And therefore, that would lead to gastric distress, so... For me, yeah. hydration is key. Yeah, right.
1: And, and how how do you gauge that? I know how I just go, how I feel. I'll, I'll mention that in a second, but okay.
3: Yeah, just I just basically like in GSR, I'd be going, "Oh, I can feel, I can feel like I need food. I just, I don't know, I just can feel it, and and I'll eat, and and I'm." Make myself eat at other times, but sometimes it'll be like, no, my body's saying, right this minute I have to eat no matter what. Other times I can just time it, but sometimes my body just says, eat right this minute, and then I just do, as much as I yeah, don't want to.
1: What about hydration?
3: Hydration? How do, how do, um,
1: yeah. How do you know when you're having sufficient hydration?
3: When I when I um I'm not feeling sick. As long as I, ju- I just keep sipping. Because otherwise I know from experience that if I don't just keep sipping, that I, I lose the ability to eat anything.
2: Mm.
1: Right. Okay. What about you, Daniel? How do you gauge how much fluid to take in?
0: Well, this is not very pretty, but obviously I, I pay attention to my, the color of my wig, you know, and, it's, yeah. um, and that's what they say, you know. And, you know, if I'm, if I'm peeing out like liquid gold, so to speak, it's, if it's too golden, <laughs> you're not drinking enough, you know, and, um, and so, but you also, you don't want to be running, running completely clear all the time as well. So it's, it, because it means you don't want to have flushed out. You can overhydrate and, um, but it is obviously, and, and like the Heisen 105 this year was actually quite mild weather-wise. Um, it was, in some parts, it was quite cold. And so, I know there was a lot of people that got into trouble through lack of hydration because they thought mm. it's not as hot. They don't need to drink as much, but you're yeah. still sweating, you know? And, um, so it, I just try and I just, I'm a, I'm a sipper. I, I sip a lot. And yeah. I, and I'm i I'm a nibbler when it comes. To, I just, I eat, yeah. I probably eat a lot more than most people. Oh, for my size, I, um, I'm always nibbling and but I'm always sipping. How about yourself, Ashley? What do you do?
1: So I, I gauge it on two things now. I, I go with how many times I'm going and urinating per hour. Yeah. So I, I need to pee once to twice an hour. And if I've stopped doing that, Mm. I've stopped doing that, then I, I need to increase my hydration. And then yeah, I go on the color of the, the pee, but, um,
3: I I actually count. a lot to go to the toilet, isn't it? It is a lot. Yeah.
1: No. No. I don't find that that is at
0: all. Like you want to be, Wow. he's probably right. I, I'd probably I mean in Heisen 105, hundred 105 100k race, um, I'd pee two times, which is probably not enough you know <laughs> so
3: but it's yeah. also and I hate to say this, but for a girl it's a lot it's if, it's, if you it's had different. to go once or twice every hour it'd be a real my goodness the amount had, of time you drop yeah
1: yeah well that, I mean that's where you see the like the top runners who are who go out and practice peeing while they're actually running. I've never okay. been able to do that. I just can't Well, do it, but, and
3: for a girl, yeah. once again, <laughs> I don't think yeah, want difficult to doing that <laughs> yeah. It's it's hard enough going like for a girl to go to the toilet when you're in the middle of the bush. Mm. So you know, yeah, Oof. no, once it, no, not once every hour for me, no way, and certainly for. Gosh, yeah, yeah, I probably went three times in forty-four hours.
1: Wow. So yeah. So, yeah. so if if I I'd did that, I, I'd end up dead. <laughs>
3: Yeah. Oh, but is okay. But is, can I ask, Ash, is that related at all to the cancer that you might need well, look, to Oh, look, it, it could
1: be. It's just something that I've worked out over time, um, that I need to do. I, I used to not go that frequently, but once I started going yep. that frequently, my, my pace increased. Ah. Uh, so. Huh? okay. Yeah.
3: Yep. That's, there you go. And, Absolutely. and I
1: didn't, and I don't suffer, stu- uh, you know, gastric distress when I'm going that yep. often.
0: I think so. the biggest the biggest takeaway from all this though is that most people don't drink enough, and I think mm-hmm. that um you even in cooler weather, and I, I just it's it's about paying attention to what you're yeah. what you're actually doing, and not just you know and going okay and yeah either whether it's paying attention to how your mouth feels like is it how dry your mouth is or how much you're sweating or whether you're not sweating at all or if you've, if you, you know, or the color of your wee, and also, but the other thing is, like, if you suddenly, if you're like, oh, I'm getting a headache, there's a pretty good mm. chance you're probably dehydrated, you know, like, yeah. um, so the human body, here's a fun fact, when it's, when it's 38 degrees outside, so this, this is very uh, pertinent for summer, the human, average human loses 1.4 liters of fluid per hour just walking around. Outside. Seriously? Yeah. Wow. So, because we lose it through our breath, and we lose it through yes. our sweat, and yeah, so, yeah. so then you add in a bit of excess, a bit of, um, activity, and you're going to be losing a lot. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. So, very fascinating. Which is my
3: excuse for not having gone to the toilet so much, because I lost it all through sweat. So, you must have. You yeah. <laughs> yeah. Did you lose weight? So, no, I didn't lose weight. So, yeah, you know. You obviously ate well. Yeah. Sorry, eh? Yeah.
1: I was going to say, have have either of you tried the um, the trick of sucking on a rock?
3: Oh, no. No.
1: Right? No. So you put small pebbles in your mouth. It was a, a trick that they use um, for getting through dehydration, and that is you pick up a pebble oh, okay. and you suck on a pebble, and it actually convinces your brain that you're more hydrated than you are.
3: Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. Have you tried it?
1: I have um, tried it. And? and- and did you crack all
3: your teeth, or
1: did you? I was about to say I wouldn't. I wouldn't recommend it, but in a desperate situation, I would definitely do it.
0: Does it matter if it's, if it's an igneous rock or a sedimentary rock, rock?
1: I, sedimentary I don't rock? think that the rock type matters. I wouldn't want to be mm-hmm. sucking on a, you know, a lead rock. But um, <laughs>
3: yeah, yeah. Don't don't suck
1: on any rocks around Mount Isa. Let's go with that.
3: Yeah, yeah. That's uh, a good idea. <laughs>
0: Are you gonna, I'm gonna go to the aid station and go ask them if they've got any uh, any fresh rocks?
2: Any fresh rocks? Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. That's an interesting one. It's a bit like the um, there was this the study that was done about the mouth swish of the electrolyte. Ah, oh, yes. Yeah. That's right. That's interesting. You know about that one, Ashley?
1: Yes. Yeah. Absorbing it through yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, yeah.
1: Even
0: even just what they did, they actually got a group of people to run on a tr- on a. In the experiment, they had one group where they were they had a nasogastric tube going up and they were giving them the fluid. It was bypassing their mouth, and so it was going directly into their stomach. And they were doing the activity, um, and then there was other people who were just mouth-swishing, and the people who were mouth-swishing had just as – there was no – their athletic performance was the same, if not The better. same. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. But, no, like it, the, yeah.
3: the human body is an amazing thing.
0: It is weird. Yeah, it
1: it's, is. It is a truly amazing thing. That is for sure. What yeah. it does yeah. and how it functions oh, it just, is just mind blowing. Yeah, I,
3: I'm. It is, isn't it? It uh, really yeah, is. It's, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah.
1: And and when you it's think you've had enough, about... you, you haven't.
3: Yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah. And also, everyone is so individual and different, and that what works for one person isn't necessarily going to work for the other oh totally totally
1: yeah that's one of the things that always spins me out is when i see another gel come onto the market and i go how many gels do we need on the market but the fact is there's so many runners now you know yes that's that, that there's something different for everybody because everybody functions slightly different
0: yeah so yeah yeah um no, it's interesting. Actually, that brings me to a topic that I want to bring up today. So, you yep. know, we're right, like a we coach. We've covered some really interesting, um, interesting topics, but I want to talk about what I think is probably the holy grail question of trail running, um, yes. and that is, and that is, um, how much, or well, basically, we can. I can probably word this question a number of ways, but what mm-hmm. is the optimum optimum amount of um, vert that we should look for in our training? And, um, generally versus the flat running. And so, because I know that
3: we look at the. So you're not asking how much vert, but the percentage of vert to flat. Um, I'm like, more or less. Right. Yeah, could, we can cover that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I
0: think so. So yeah, basically what, yeah, what, what percentage for like what the, what the, I think I said the word ratio when I sent you the message. Um, sort of what's yep. our ratio of flat yep. to vert? And even looking at something like, the race that you just did, the GSCR, which probably has not a lot of flat running in it at all, no. but it's it, not, that's an extreme example. But
3: was but in saying running, that I only did um, yeah I only did probably one run a week focusing on vert yeah um and because well firstly I have a lot of it you know in the bank already yes um but I have just found that if I focus purely on, Convert, I become too and that's why I still think you need to focus on flat running
0: yes
1: so too slow so I miss what you said then you become too what
3: slow if I'm just Slow invert, Yes okay yep yeah if I'm just focusing on getting vert vert, vert that's all I'm focusing on I'm um, you become slow yeah that's been my stronger. experience what has been your experience
0: uh Ash do no. you want okay. to go first?
1: I, I agree there that if you – there's there's two things. One, vert actually takes a little while to recover from. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, to really recover from because it, it does work completely different sets of muscles. And rather than doing, um like, continuous vert days, I would personally prefer to see someone do, like, a vert day and then an agility day. So I was, they're working yeah. – Agility, but agility can be done at speed, whereas Vert is difficult to do So when at you
3: say an agility day, what are you what are you meaning? What do you meaning by an agility day?
1: So it's changing your stride length constantly. Um mm-hmm. and also practicing a lot of balancing.
3: So yeah, okay, so you would jump, say like from going rock out for rock run, to rock, run, doing some stride Yeah, okay. Yeah.
1: Um you know, it could be you know, running like a hundred meters, but Every ten meters, your stride length has to change. Um, yep. Stuff like that. So is It's just it's using your brain differently. Uh, it also yep. can be doing a lot of weaving.
0: Um yeah. Which well, is going to help you like trail runner too. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Oh, definitely.
3: Um,
1: yeah. And then, yeah, I think flat running you do need to get speed in there, and it's not yep. just flat too. You can do very slight descent, so you're doing overspeed. Yeah, um, but not overspeed where it's so fast that you get an acute. Yes. Or you can get an acute injury. It's just. Yeah,
3: I used to do, know, uh, and I still do some of my intervals on a slight downhill or a slight uphill because it, it just it does change the mechanics of it. Yeah. And um and the downhill does help you to learn to get that overspeed sort of yeah like you were saying. Yeah. So,
1: yeah, I, I think that if, if you keep doing back-to-back days of, of vertical, it yeah you pay for that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I agree. So I would, um, I guess, we're, I think we're all surprisingly very on a similar side of the fence here, and that, and that is um, where I, I, I believe, yeah, you can do too much. I think you need to get used to running. You need to get the leg strength. But um, yes, so I the the I do I offset things with with weight training as well. And um, and I was
3: going to bring that up. uh, I think that's important too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So I've I've done this block of this last few months. I haven't done a great deal of climbing compared to what I've done in previous years, but I feel faster and stronger on the hills. And I and I mean I know I'm a I'm a, a test group of one, but (laughs) and I think because I have I have really focused so much more on my flat ground speed. And then I will, yeah. I will, I'll go. Then I'll go and do a nice easy trail run and get up the hill because the way I look at it is I'm thinking of it in terms of power and um, yes. my power output. When I so I go out and do these threshold runs on the flat, and you know, and people, and it seems weird because it's sort of a marathon focused activity. And so my, you know, I might go 20 or 30 minutes running at my lactate threshold, and it's a bloody hard workout. And but yes. I, I'm, I'm pushing my my aerobic my, my aerobic threshold higher by doing that yeah. what are you doing when you're going up a hill that's exactly what you're doing you're pushing exactly. your aer- but you're pushing your aerobic threshold but you're also building leg you're building leg strength um and that that leg but the problem is you're not building any speed though so the, the fast twitch muscle fibers aren't getting engaged in the same way and those intermediate twitch muscle fibers which are a thing yeah. um yeah so,
3: I think personally for a 100k race, you can, you can do a 100k race on, very well on, on, basically on marathon training with just yeah. a longer long run. Yeah.
0: Um, exactly. Well, I mean, I, uh,
3: yeah. And that's another,
0: going into the long runs is a whole other thing as well. And I, I, I sometimes think there's no, I don't want to dive down this rabbit hole too, too much unless you want to. Yeah. Um, but like, no, no. I haven't done, as much of the long runs this time around, just because of life, uh, um, yeah. Much, and, but um, things in life getting in the way. But I do sometimes think there's an overemphasis on the long run. Um, yes, and, I agree. And, um, Yeah, even though it is really important, and I think. But as you say, the, you know, all the long runs that you've got in the bank from being an experienced athlete are um, like you know you're going to get the you don't. I feel like a lot of the long run is doesn't need to be much longer than a couple of hours as opposed to people going out and doing these five and six-hour long runs, yeah. you know, you know that you can run 100 kilometres. You, you know, you don't need that psychological, you know, b- boost. You know that you can get it done on less. Yeah, so...
3: But I think maybe, yeah, but and in saying that, maybe someone who hasn't done one before does need a decent long run just to give them that psychological feeling that they exactly. can do it as well. And can I just ask, when you said you've also been focusing on weights, um, yes. like what have you been doing? Have you been doing so heavy weights, functional? What are you doing? I have been, I worked
0: with a personal trainer who's a friend and she'll get me doing... Some crazy stuff in the gym, whole body stuff, but as far as my lower body is concerned, like keeping a strong core, um, doing, she will make me, I will go heavy, she'll make me lift heavy, but, and when I say heavy, heavy for me, it's all relative, I'm I'm not trying to break any records, um, (laughs) and, and then, um, but a lot of stuff focusing on the, on the posterior chain um yep. so d- from basically from my back all the way down to my to my heels and um and so and that and really using my my Achilles as an as a driving force up the hills and um so what what
3: exercise you, you using for the Achilles and
0: uh, things like, there's an act, I don't know if you're familiar, basically like the, um, the curls, the what they, hamstring curls. Yes, hamstring or, or curls, the, Yeah. Yeah, or the, or the Nordic, she calls it the Nordic drop. I don't know if there's another name for it, where basically you sit, you sit, sit on your knees. I'll just try and describe it. It's a, I'm, 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 oh, and, I'm, um, and you lean forward. So, yeah, you lean forward and you sort of steadily yeah, drop that's down. It's tough. And yeah. It's yeah. really tough. And like, mm. the, and to try and fall down with control. And, you know, yeah. it's really, it's, and, um, and a lot of like things like split squats or lunges, um, yeah. and, and a bit of just old fashioned squatting and lots of single leg stuff, um, yes, single leg
3: deadlift. Yeah, well, running is a single leg exercise, really. Ex- so,
0: yeah. You never, on, the, the only time you're on two feet in running is when you're standing at the aid station. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
0: you know? That's it. So, um, yeah, it's, it's a really, it, it is good. And so, by doing that, like at the moment, I'm going into this race, so, in New Zealand, feeling the fittest i 've felt in a long time and um because but i haven't i haven't even done over a hundred kilometers for any week in the last um, oh
3: wow six,
0: six weeks, but i've been really consistent and um so the time will tell I'm, you know like but I do feel with the offset of the the strength work and the speed work i'm sort of trying yeah. to mix it all up you know strength work well I speed, think um
3: yeah I've I've always said it that I believe ultra runners should be doing speed work and I, do, I, th- I don't think enough do and I'd mm. be really interested to see how you go so what's the like what's sort the of time are you thinking of you know you must have something in your head it's
0: really hard to um to judge because yeah it's it seems a fairly challenging course i don't know the terrain so i did uh-huh. i recently did the High 105 which is a which yeah. is pretty flat Flat course. It's got yes. um, two and a half two and a half thousand meters of climbing. That one, and I did that in just under thirteen hours. It wasn't a perfect race, yep. but um, I'm fi- I feel fitter than that. I think I'll be slower this time because of, of the, course because of more, more elevation. So I'm if I can do it in fifteen hours, I'll be really happy. Yep. Um, and I think um the winning time I think has been one year or, and this is some good runners that have done this. The winning time, I think, was um, about eleven hours something, which oh, is wow. quite slow yeah. slow for a winning yeah. time.
1: That's um, a so, slow winning time. Yeah. So, just,
3: it's, so what is is it rocky? What is it? Is it technically difficult as well?
0: I think it is. I looking yeah. looking at the pitch at the pictures of it. It's um, there's a lot of. Um, yeah, it looks very rocky and exposed. Which and, is where not...
3: Ash's discussion of agility training comes in too, I guess. Yes,
0: and and the thing is, going the you know you've got a big climb and then you start descending from the seventy kilometer mark. You descend from two thousand meters, you, and yeah. then you descend you descend for twenty kilometers, almost oh, wow, almost twenty kilometers, and then you run for fifteen kilometers on the flat to finish. So that.
3: Oh, so easy. when you're so legs are running, you're running on wrecked run
1: quads. <laughs> yeah. That's yep. going to be
3: the challenge. So, you've been so, doing a lot of quad work in the gym? Yeah,
0: my quad's are good. Yeah. And I, I do a lot of plyometrics as well. So, I do things yep. like box jumps. Yeah. And, um, got to be a little bit explosive. And, um, yep. oh, look, the gym, gym stuff has made a huge difference, I think, to my running and just to my, my overall enjoyment. I don't have the, the niggles. I don't have any yep. niggles or anything like that, which feels really good. You know, um, so it's, it's going to be a a real interesting one. I read a few um race uh, what do you call it race reports about this race because it's not very there's not much information about it. It's, okay. considered, it's considered the hardest hundred k in New Zealand, um and oh. it's and even that's called the ultra easy. Um, it's not easy. <laughs> I know a few people have every every race has said it's it's um pretty terrifying. Every runner that's done it. Ben Duffus did it a few oh. years ago, and he um yeah. ben, Famous, really good Australian runner, and he, he DNF'd, and so. Oh uh, really? Yeah, <laughs> and and so and, but um, the race director says that if you die, you're disqualified, and that, that <laughs> So that's really interesting. So I'm just going to try not to. Die. I like
2: that. That's yeah,
0: great. <laughs> it's got a bit of a. So yeah, no, the, the Kiwis will be interesting. So, look, I'm I'm in it for the adventure. I do want to run yep. well, um, and I feel as uh, given everything in my everything in life. I'm, the, I'm sort of the best prepared I could be. I've probably got another one week of. I'll, I will run over 100 kilometers this week because I've got more time as well. I'll probably do. I'd like to do 120 k's this week, and then it's then it's a pretty uh, aggressive taper. And um, but I'll i with my taper I'll still run every every day, but just my mileage is just going to go down. That's generally how I do it. So yes, yeah,
3: same. But what would you go down to in your taper? Like, how much
0: so, will you drop down? If I tapered for two weeks, I would mm-hmm. drop, um, I, I keep it fairly like traditional. I might drop, yeah. um, 30% the first week and then another maybe 30 or 40% the following week. So that, yeah. you know, does that sound, and I usually have a couple of days off in the lead up to it. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that something similar to what you would do?
3: Yes, definitely, and I, I yeah. think the taper is really important, and a lot of people are scared to taper. They don't want to stop yeah. sort of, or cut back on the training, but yeah. it, as, as you well know, it's, it's in the rest that we get stronger.
0: Yeah, exactly. How would you approach it, Ashley? You're a, um, your
1: taper? My taper? Yeah. These you know, taper these days affects me yeah. badly, <laughs> yeah. so it doesn't, it doesn't do well for the other problems. That I have, so, but, um, are you in a position
3: where the running makes you better, like physically feel better?
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, so and I with those
3: you feel worse.
1: Yeah, I take significantly less medication when ah, I run than if I don't. That's
3: interesting.
1: Yeah. So my pain pain goes through the roof once I start not running. When I'm running, okay. yeah, sure, running can hurt. But um yeah. It's I, different. I don't I don't then hurt all day long. I just yep. hurt for the run. Um yep. I'll get I'll get moments where it hurts and then, you know I might end up on the ground but yeah, it um so it does make a big difference. But as if pre being ill, um yeah, I would taper uh, like my speed work would actually increase and but my mileage would drop dramatically.
3: But you wouldn't be increasing your speed work right up until race day, would you?
1: Yeah, yeah. Like even the day before, I would still wow. do stuff to make okay. my legs go fast, and that's when I've run my fastest.
0: Um, which which once again reinforces
3: go. that every every body is different. So yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: I I think I'm with Isabel. I I actually I do. I'm a little bit in the middle. Actually, I do a bit of. I would. I will do some speed oh, work. Oh, I, would, I in still keep the speed week.
3: work. Yeah, Only definitely. A real small definitely. One, yeah. Yes, yeah. a small amount. I still do speed work. I think it's still important, but I wouldn't be increasing it in the last two weeks. I'd just be maintaining, yeah, and maybe dropping in the last, uh, you know, reducing the amount, but still doing it.
0: Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting. Um, yeah, I, there's, I know there's a lot of people are worried their legs are going to go to sleep or whatever, and so and yeah. I, I've yeah. had that feeling as well myself. You know, where you come to the end of a race and um, or the, the, the end of a taper period, and you feel slow. I don't know if you've ever had that. Yeah. Like you feel maybe you've because it's it's, well, it's that you, battle between fitness and freshness. You know, you want to be fresh, but you don't want to lose but, too much but, fitness.
3: You can't lose that much fitness, especially. I mean, you're not stopping training; you're just reducing it. And you you, yeah. you wouldn't. And and if you keep up the speed work, yeah. Um, I, I don't see losing fitness as a as a a, a worry, to be honest.
0: Yeah. It's true. Um, actually just a little uh, just a little throwback to what we we're talking about a minute ago, the ultra easy, the two thousand and eighteen results, first the first place male um did it in twelve hours and thirty five minutes. So Oh wow. Yeah. So and, and um and he won by forty five minutes. And so Jeez. Um, and the first place Can made, I ask
3: what the first female was? What was yeah, the first I was female? Say,
0: she just got under fifteen hours. Fourteen hours Jeez. and fifty eight minutes. So, it's, so this is,
3: because four thousand meters climbing isn't overly onerous. So there must be something else that makes it tough.
0: Yeah, I think there's um, yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, I don't know. It's, it's hard. It's got to be technical. Like, yeah, it's got to be technical. For that's slow. Yeah, yeah. You you um, we're gonna find. I'll let you know in a couple of weeks. Yeah, <laughs> you certainly will. Yeah. And um, but you know, and that, be, and I'd
3: be interested to um. Talk when, when you've done it, um, which elements of your training you think helped you the most.
0: Yeah, that's
3: right. You oh know, the plyo God. or the weights or the, you know, the reduced kilometres, that sort of thing as well.
0: Yeah. I do think, um, i tell you what, I feel like I'm, pre- I'm more, I feel like I'm very prepared for a marathon right now. <laughs> like, yeah. which is sort of maybe a bad thing. Like, I do feel like I could go no. at another, a, a reasonable time. But um, yeah. you don't think that's a bad thing?
3: No, I think that's a good thing.
0: Yeah. And um the biggest thing I look at is I, I look at it, whenever I look at a course profile, a lot of people get go, Oh, look how steep that big hill is in the middle of the race and I mm. sort of think, Yeah, but look at all that other stuff that's not steep. Look at let yeah. focus on I try and focus on the eighty the percent of the race that's just looks normal. You know, <laughs> like See and
3: whereas uh, for me I love those bits that are steep, so
0: <laughs> Yeah. Oh look I like it, but I don't I think let's not and I think people overemphasise their training. And we were talking oh, about. Oh, I people, see what you're saying. Yes. They go, oh, well, if it's 4,000 meters of climbing, I've got to go and do 12,000 meters of climbing per <laughs> <a> week. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. like, um, and so, and I know people that do that kind of training, wow. but they have no, yeah. they might be mentally tougher on the hills, but they're no stronger or faster,
3: you know, so. And like, certainly not faster, yeah. yeah. And that's why I think feeling marathon strong is a good thing.
0: Yeah. Um, the threat. I, I think the threshold runs have really helped me there, and having that yep. just to, to go right. I mean, I did a threshold run a few weeks back, and it was thirty minutes. This is. I feel yep. like this was a, a key workout. Thirty minutes running at my threshold pace. So basically, what yep. I do is I get on the, the the linear path, which is on the Torrens River. Everyone in Adelaide knows it very well. Okay. It's a long path, and it's fairly flat. A few undulations, um, and I do. 50, I run fifteen minutes out at the just below five K race pace and then now I turn around wow. and run back and run back for fifteen minutes and it is one of those ones where about ten minutes in I'm ready to stop. But it's just <laughs> having that discipline just to keep pushing and so but then I go my when I run the next day, even though my legs are sore, my you easy feel- my easy pace feels really yep bouncy and fast i I love
3: threshold runs i think they're so important and they do they teach you to keep going when everything is you know it's not monumentally hard but it's still hard enough that you want to stop yeah i think yeah yeah they are i think they're great yeah yeah i think Uh, i think you yeah i think they'll, they'll have been good for you
0: yeah yeah we'll see and so it's about being comfortable you know, so, yeah. yeah and Comfortable being, told, being and, uncomfortable. And, and, yes, that's what I meant to say. But yeah. yeah. So, um, but anyway, we're, um, we've been um, going on for quite a while now. And, I know, uh, haven't we? we? We should, um, we can probably wrap it up shortly. What do you think, Ash? You got any final questions?
1: I do have a, a question that I've been wanting to ask for ages. Yeah. Um, when running uphill or downhill yeah. and the track is not a single track, so you've got a wider, you know, trail to pick from as such. When you run a set of switchbacks, where do you run the line?
3: Well, the apex, wouldn't you? I would go personally.
1: So you always you run the shortest line.
3: Yeah. Oh.
0: And okay, I would. So what do you run, Daniel? I'd go wide because I was so like maintain. A bit of speed is that is that where you're angling towards? That yeah, I, I always run the longest yeah.
1: line because it's actually yeah. less less power involved. Um, so in what way? Because
3: I mean, it depends on obviously on the, the um, tightness of the switchbacks, but in general, why would why would longer be taking the longer line be better?
1: Because you, you, you don't have that when you push the acute power out. Taking a, a shorter line that takes more out of what takes more out of my legs. Um, mm-hmm. and if you take a longer line, then you don't have that spike. You know, it's like having a spike in your heart rate where you've just pushed yeah. your heart rate and then you kind of break your tachometer after that. Yeah. Yep. Everything's harder. Yeah. So if you take that, that less difficult angle, you can then sustain a higher rate for a longer period.
3: I see where you're from. But I would from. find the apex is is if you're cutting the corner correctly, I would find that of a less less of an angle, because you should mm. come across and cut the apex almost sort of straight lining it. To me, then you're not. There is no. I mean, um, uh, um, I'm. I'm dep- It depends once again on this on the uh, tightness of the switchbacks, but I'm trying to straight line it rather than um have huge angles.
0: Interesting. I um. I, I think I see where Ashley's coming from. I, I would uh, going wider. I find it's putting less stress on the ligaments. Is that what you're sort of getting at, Ashley? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And so, if you because if you have to cut a, a, a tight turn and obviously a switchback, you're almost going back the way you came. You know, you're almost turning. But if, but you, know, if
3: you cut an apex, if you're coming across the apex, and you, you're not. I'm not saying follow. Cutting the apex should be straight lining it to me.
0: Interesting. More. I, I see what you mean. Well, this might be not. It's what, a
1: discussion that comes back from the polls when we were discussing the polls because it's, um, yeah. like I've spent a lot of time, uh, running with a guy who spent his youth cross country skiing. Yeah. And everything that I've learnt from him using polls running has come from his cross country skiing days. Yeah. And he was very good at it and, um, Yeah, Uh, following his advice was to go around the outside and it made a massive difference with, we would climb like a hill, you go, right, okay, we'll climb the centers. So make it short. And you know, it would be, okay, it might take, let's say it takes 10 minutes. Now climb the outside. How much, how long did it take? It took 10 minutes. Now, which one do you feel more fatigued from? Oh, I felt more fatigued taking the inside line he goes, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, it was just – and that was the same with navigation, hence why I asked mm. what you had to do with navigation earlier in our conversation. Because um, if you have to follow someone's path, well, then you're stuck with it. But if you don't, yeah. when you can take that easier route that might be longer,
3: yeah. oh, look, you can actually save yourself important. significant
1: yeah. time over yeah, the yeah. long haul.
3: Exactly. Oh, look, I totally agree with that. With the switchbacks, I guess it, it depends on – the steepness of the switchbacks, the technicality of them, there's...
1: Oh, yeah, there's heaps of stuff, like... Yeah, yeah, so, I mean... ...involved there.
3: Yeah. Interesting.
0: Well, that's something we could possibly pick up another time if we are uh, jump back on board, but um, <laughs> I think we... I, I, look,
1: look, I think that what that says is exactly what you're offering in your courses, and that is you need to go into a course where you're physically looking at it, rather than discussing yep. it in theory.
3: Yes, and, and that's what that I'm going to say. So we almost difference. need pictures to, to look at, to draw yes, the line. Yes,
1: exactly.
0: And... <laughs> <laughs> Podcast is not the most uh, visual. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, but no, it's exciting. And look, yeah, I love it. I love all this. So it's been a really good chat with both of you today, and I think that we've covered a lot of ground. And it's a really good way um to get the new year underway so yeah, um, and
3: and um we were sort of talking at some point that maybe we could get together regularly and talk about different training aspects and that sort of stuff.
0: I think yeah, that sounds exciting
3: yeah. Yeah. yeah
0: so, so everyone so all the listeners can stay tuned for that on our uh, yeah. on our respective podcasts and we, that, 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 could, that
1: could be our our monthly mentoring show oh, yeah. I
0: like it oh look at this. This is great. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like a round, a round table or a triangular table. Yes. Yeah, for the for the first year of this
1: decade, there'll be a monthly yeah. mentoring show. It may continue after that, but we'll.
0: Yeah, you know. and we'll have a different focus. Excellent, yes. excellent. And so I guess the next time we speak, then then I'll be able to give you a bit of a, a breakdown of my um, my my 100 yes. kilometre race in New Zealand. And that's what I was
3: saying. I'd, I'd be interested mm. to know what you felt was was really significant in helping you with that. So uh, good yes. luck with your race. Yeah, yes, thank you very much. Absolutely. If I can,
0: if, if I'm running, if I'm still running in the last ten kilometers, then it, it then it's been a success. My training. Yes. You know. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, excellent. Yeah, I appreciate it. All right, we'll uh, we'll say farewell to our listeners right now and um...
3: farewell
1: and happy new year, everybody.
3: Yes, happy yeah. new year. Excellent. All right, bye.
0: So that brings us to the end of yet another episode of the trail runners experience um, if you en- are enjoying this podcast i would very much appreciate it as would ashley if you could go over to uh, itunes or whatever platform you listen to this podcast on and leave a nice five-star review they'd be really grateful and it really helps the podcast grow so in the meantime why don't you get out there keep running Keep smiling and have fun. See you next time on the Trail Runners Experience.